Hi, Hi everyone. everyone. I'm John. And I'm Georgia. And we're here inside your ears to talk about the mac and cheese of movies. This, this is, is Comfort, Comfort Films. Hello, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving and welcome to episode eight of Comfort Films, where we're going to discuss the 1987 classic Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. One of my absolute favorites. Every Thanksgiving, this gets played. I love this movie. So here's some interesting trivia for you. This movie was originally released on November 25th, 1987, which was actually the day before Thanksgiving. Okay, so we're releasing this on November 25th, 2021, which is Thanksgiving, which means this is the 34th anniversary of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Wow, I can't believe it's that old. Right? I can't believe we're that old. <laughs> we're ancient. <laughs> ancient. I can't believe it either. Yeah, because you were like 10 when this came out. Yeah, that was that was it. And I, I would have been then, so mm-hmm. two months away from 10. Yeah. I mean, this is just, these are the things you think about when you get older. You're like, oh, you know, it's not that long ago. And then it's 34 years. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I should have a long beard or something, you know? Like a old hermit. Yeah. Yeah. I've got like some white hair coming in, some silver hair, but I feel like I need some more to really like sell the package. (laughs) Like just go full Dumbledore. (laughs) That'd be a good look for me. That'd be a good look for me. He was a snappy dresser. I mean, that's what I was going to say. You could just start wearing robes all the time. That stuff looks comfy. It looks great. I mean, speaking of comfy. Oh, man. I need comfy clothes that look good. (laughs) I kind of look like I rolled out of an old Navy fire sale. I was going to (laughs) say. The $2 t-shirt store. Right? That's kind of my look. Uh, I don't know. I've just always been that way. I it's think better it's... than me. I mean, hey, I'm... you look great. You always wear nice clothes. No, I think yes. I look like I've just escaped from like a Goodwill where I just bought oh. everything that was my size. My wife dresses wonderfully. <laughs> People come up to her and go, "You look great. These clothes look great. Where did you get them?" Yeah. People see me, they go, "Hi, John." <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> yeah, they, they like do. your t-shirts. People love your t-shirts. Okay, yeah, but that was with your input. You helped me out on that. No, you me not out. necessarily. I mean, the Ghost Rider, the Deadpool. Okay, the Ghost Rider. Yes, that was me. Been a big Ghost Rider fan for years. And everybody loves that t-shirt, and uh, even though it's barely even recognizable because we watched it so much. <laughs> yeah, it's a favorite. People of mine. still can somehow understand that's Ghost Rider and it's, love it. It's the spirit, right? Isn't and you the... always got tons of Deadpool comments on your Deadpool shirt. Okay, okay, all right. So $2 t-shirts for the win for you. All right. But if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be presentable. So (laughs) thank you. Well, I don't know when that happened, though, because you were like a preppy little kid. You always had on little suits and stuff. Well, I think it happened because growing up, I went to private school, Mm -hmm. and I always had to wear ties, shirts, pants, shoes. I was always dressed up. And so I always was like, man, whatever job I do when I get older, I don't want to dress up. Yeah. No, I don't blame you for that. Also, I don't iron. So that makes it difficult for you to dress nicely because oh. if you put on a button-up shirt, it's going to be wrinkled. You you do a lot of stuff. And yes, I do. But that's, yeah. my, that's my zero uh, interest. That's your zero tolerance. Yeah. Is what that is. But look, I can iron myself. I get it going. That's something I should do. But, you know, we're both some flashy dressers. Hey, you know, one other thing I'll tell you. You got me going on boxer shorts. I used to be a tidy whities guy. And you were like, why don't you try boxer shorts? Well, Changed yeah. my world. Well, boxer briefs, really. Yes. 
Yes. So, yeah. Thank you. No, that was a good thing, because even though no one can see it, you know, they must have been able to sense <laughs> the horrific quality of what you were wearing before, so. There's a real calm that came over me after that, you know? I was just like an easygoing guy. Hey, John, what's happening? Oh, nothing much. <laughs> Yeah, so it was good. So, I mean, you know, speaking of Thanksgiving, I want to talk about the things that I'm thankful for. I am thankful for Georgia, because as you can tell, without Georgia, I don't know what I'd be doing, really. You'd probably see me, I don't know, maybe just kind of hanging out by a dumpster looking no, for, for your pizza true. boxes. Nuh-uh. Well, not pizza, but what would I be looking for? I don't know. I'd be looking for buried well, it's treasure. Thanksgiving, so meatball subs is your Thanksgiving <laughs> meal of choice. I would be that. As we already discussed with your mom back I... in episode three. <laughs> I would be hanging out looking for the meatball subs for sure. There's no question <laughs> for that. I would have a sign, hey, can you spare a meatball sub? You know, that would be Brother, me. can you spare a meatball sub? <laughs> Uh, but in all honesty, I'm very thankful for Georgia, my wife. I'm thankful for my family, my friends. It's been, you know, a fantastic year. It's been so nice to be able to get out a little bit after being inside for a year and seeing everybody. You get to rekindle that connection, and it just it feels absolutely wonderful. I've talked to people I haven't talked to in years, and it's it's great. It's yeah. just absolutely wonderful. That's a great thing to be thankful for. For me, I am definitely thankful for the fact that we are on vacation this week. Oh, I yes. Took time off work. So we're going to get to actually do a little road trip mm -hmm. for Thanksgiving. Yep. Our own little planes trains. Hopefully much more successful. <laughs> Hopefully the car stays intact. You know, that would be great. That would be good. Yep. Not having to, like, you know, hoof it across the field. <laughs> or, you know, ride in the back of a freezing pickup truck. I walked across a runway. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, as long as, you know, we don't have any of those uh, issues, I think our road trip should be much more successful. We're going to drive up the coast of California, so that should be really pretty and, and just great to get out of the city for a while. Yep. Uh, and it's funny, like, we have never been, like, super traditional Thanksgiving people, never. necessarily. Mm -hmm. I mean, back to your meatball subbing oh, yeah. ways. Um, but for me, I don't know what it is about. I, maybe it's a food thing for me, too. My family was very big on things like candied yams, which I think are I weird. I like those. I did not either. I like those. But my mom and my cousin Jennifer would fight over them. Like what? My grandmother made them, and, and they would just fight over who got to eat them because they, they loved them. I would take the dinner rolls, just kind of go out the back and <laughs> let them well, have at it. pecan pie is my jam. Ooh. I mean, obviously we'll get down on that. But... You turned me onto that, too, by the way. Yeah, it's See? it's the right stuff. Yeah. But, you know, as far as like turkey, all the stuffing, whatever, eh, it's not really my thing. And just the idea of just getting together and, you know, belting down a big meal <laughs> isn't really my most favorite thing. And I just think about the traffic and the travel worries and things like that. So for you and me, we tend to kind of you know, check out Oh yeah. of Thanksgiving a lot of the times. Much different. And uh, run off and do something totally weird. Like the time that we went to Mexico for Thanksgiving. And yes. we spent uh, Thanksgiving at Senor Frogs, yeah. which yeah. was pretty cool. And then they gave me this bizarre machine where I could electrocute myself. That yeah. was totally wild. I don't know what that was about. Yeah. But it was interesting to be there, not the electrocution part. No. But uh, going to Mexico on Thanksgiving was funny, weird. Yeah. Completely different. We saw different. Tulum. We saw mm -hmm. um, Chechen Itza. It was pretty cool. It was great. Um, 
Yeah, and I think, you know, my favorite Thanksgiving memories, I have a lot of them spending with my grandmother and my family and things. Yeah. But we tended to, like, drive around a lot and stuff, so it kind of all blends together. Mm. So the one that really sticks out for me was maybe the first Thanksgiving I didn't spend with family. Oh, yeah? Um, Yeah, my last year of college, or potentially my junior year, I can't remember, mm-hmm. I went to Oregon with my roommate okay. to have Thanksgiving with her family. Um. And it was really interesting to spend the holiday with a different family and see what their traditions were. I've done that. I've been with other families. It's it's like a whole other experience. Yeah, it's because cool. you're right. You're used to it going one way, and then it's like, whoa, there's a whole different program. It's it's neat. Yeah, yeah and I like spending it with my family too. Of it's course, nothing to you know rag on my family. Yeah, or yours for that matter. We've yeah. had some great Thanksgivings with your mom. Oh yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think it's really neat to see how the other half lives right? with Thanksgiving. <laughs> and, um, that was my first time to do Black Friday shopping, which is a crazy experience. No kidding. That was your first time. Yeah, we never did it when I was growing up. You and I kind of started it, like, we never really did it. And then one time we were out of town, and then as an afterthought, we were like, hey, let's just do some Black Friday stuff. Yeah, and we went to Best Buy and bought like a million Blu-rays or something um, on brand for us. Right, I was like, I got this Transformers Blu-ray. Look at this, look at this. We bought everything there. So yeah, then we got going on it. We were getting sound bars. We were getting, you know, like... uh, video game stuff i mean yeah we we did it all we did it all yeah but you know i think i'm kind of de-consumerizing myself now so yeah um i don't know if we're gonna be shopping for anything this time but it'll be nice to be out in the in nature a little bit maybe see some giant redwoods i'd love that i would love that that would be so nice just sticking my head out the window like a dog (laughs) you know just breathing in the fresh air just going out Oh, I can't wait. Embracing your inner chow-chow. Right, right. Because as we know, I am very much like the chow-chow. I'm just kind of one of those furry creatures that's protective. Sometimes can just kind of have this bizarre attitude. I like a good nap. Um, <laughs> I like to be petted. I love good food, you know. And I, I'm, I'm all right, you know. And I think chow-chows are great. They just have this wonderful demeanor, you know. I like it too. They're yeah. very independent. yes. They have their own thoughts. They, you know, you want them to do tricks. If they want to, they'll do it. You know, it's not like it's a prerequisite for them. It's like, nah, we'll see. We'll see. But when you need them, they are there. hundred percent. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. They're the best. And in fact, maybe we'll see our two of our favorite chow chows. <sighs> We're probably driving through the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. We're two of our favorite chow chows on Instagram love. So oh, yeah. we might swing by and see if we can catch an in the floof. Exciting. That would be so good. See, the problem is, is we would love to have pets, but I am allergic to everything. Yes. Even non-allergenic pets somehow seem to cause some trouble with me. Chow Chow is my favorite. You know, I I will pet one if I get a chance, but every time that I pet one, like my hand will just tingle and like, ay ay ay, I'm a mess. I have that too. I don't know. I used to not be allergic to animals, but now I kind of am. So it's probably me. It's probably me. Yeah, I I don't know if you can catch allergies. <laughs> With me, you never know. You can well, catch anything. You know, yours are more virulent than most people, so maybe I did catch it. They're insane. Before I had. My second sign of surgery, they said to me that on my best day, on my best day, 90% of my sinuses were blocked. That's terrible. It's the worst. Well, 
Hopefully you won't have to deal with that ever again. No, I'm so much better now. I'm so much better now. And I mean, there's always room for improvement, but gosh, I'm thankful that I can breathe. Well, as usual, we swerved way off the oh, road yeah. <laughs> into a ditch, and now we need to come back out. All right, all right. Um, but uh, I think, you know, let's turn our attention back to planes, trains, and automobiles. Absolutely. Which is the ultimate Thanksgiving movie. I think we've watched it. Even though we don't do traditional Thanksgiving-y stuff, mm-hmm. I think we pretty much always watch planes, trains, and automobiles, even if there's no turkey to be eaten. You have to. Yeah. You have to. It's it's more important than the side dishes and the centerpiece. Mashed potatoes. Well, maybe not more important than mashed potatoes. <laughs> I get a mountain of mashed potatoes and I get the rolls. <laughs> and then and you watch Plane Trains. Yes. There you go. Yes. All right. All right. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and read the synopsis uh, before I do. Just a reminder that we do uh, discuss the movie beginning to end. So there could be spoilers um, and in particular in this movie, there's a little bit of a twist to the end. So if you have not seen it, please, please go watch it first um, because it really could mess up your initial enjoyment of the movie if you already know how it ends. And the movie is such a good time. Cannot highly recommend this one enough. Fully agree. On his way home from a business trip in New York City, ad executive Neil Page, Steve Martin, runs into numerous travel delays, which are only exacerbated when he meets Del Griffith, John Candy, a talkative, boisterous, shower curtain ring salesman. Neil and Del forge a tenuous and unlikely partnership to try to reach Chicago in time for Thanksgiving. And that's it. That was (laughs) amazing. That was amazing. We're always trying to shorten our synopsis. Our synopses, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. And uh, this movie really lends itself to a short synopsis because it's really just a road movie. So good. Two guys get on the road, hijinks ensue. It's, I mean, that, I mean, you get a trophy for that synopsis. Well, you wrote it. So. Well, but look, I mean, that one, you know, the way you delivered it, you were right on top of it. I feel good about it. Well, I so definitely bravo. pulled the right week to get to read the synopsis. <laughs> I usually get, like, a, this tome, you know what I mean? Yeah. 800 pages, well, 40 minutes later, I'm still rambling on. Our listeners <laughs> are lucky as well, because you reading something a page and a half long probably sounds a lot better than me reading something a page and a half long. Ah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have the radio voice. <laughs> I have neither a face nor a voice for radio or television. You have all the all right. talent. You got the laughs, my friend. You got the jokes. You've well, got the rhythm. I'm thankful that we complement each other well. You keep us on the road here at Comfort Films. Uh, why did you choose Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is a movie that I have watched for Thanksgiving for as long as I can remember. I saw it for the first time on home video. I did not see this one in the theater. And the first time that I saw it, I just remember laughing, laughing, laughing. My mother, my father, me laughing 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 we didn't stop laughing until this thing was over and again you know like so many of the films we talk about all of these just fantastic quotes these great lines john candy an absolute hero for me you know and to see him you know center stage in this big role because this movie is you know john candy and steve martin it's these two guys and i i love it anything with him i love but these two guys the energy that they have it's just, it's perfect. Yeah, well, it's they're, perfect. they're so different. Because yeah. John Candy is this kind of big, bubbly, nice person. Yeah. 
who's just friendly to ever Dell is a friendly to everyone kind of a person. Mm-hmm. You know, never met, never meets a stranger. Yeah, and you know, he just has this huge, outsized, pleasant personality. Mm-hmm. Even though he's also a bit of a mess. Yeah, but yeah. Neil, played by Steve Martin, is more you know shut down. He's a sarcastic guy. Mm-hmm. He's you know very much more like introverted. Yeah, like so you've got this super introverted smart but acerbic kind of person good word uh mixed with this boisterous extrovert Mm -hmm. of all extroverts yeah um and you know there's so much friction (laughs) that occurs like and even if the situations that they ran into weren't horrible messy nightmare situations Mm -hmm. i think they still would have had trouble like but as things just begin to deteriorate so much over the course of the movie it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse deteriorating is putting it lightly yeah you know what i mean that's about as lightly as you can put it i know i mean things go so so bad and Mm -hmm. i think we've all had these times in our lives when things are like that oh yeah um and the relief when it's all over (laughs) is so intense yeah um but yeah, th- this is one of those things where everything that can possibly go wrong does go wrong. Mm-hmm. And part of it does have to deal with Neil's personality. Um, because he kind of doesn't make things easy for himself. Although no. I think he thinks all of his problems are Dell and related to Dell's behavior. We really don't start to see a change until Neil starts to um, go outside of himself a little bit. Yeah, he opens up. He, yeah. he starts to... To be present. I mean, that's that's what's great about this movie. I, I mean, for me, another reason that, that I really like it is it almost feels like the two sides of my personality. It does. You know, because I like to laugh and go out and have fun with friends. That's me. You know, I, I like to be caring. But then there's also another part of me that's just sometimes just wants to be home, just kind of wants to shut off. And, you know, unfortunately, just doesn't really want to be, be that, that present. You know, yeah. to put it to put it that way. Well, you know? I, I kind of have these sides of my personality as well. Maybe everybody kind of does. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm I'm probably more of a externally. I'm probably more of a Neil, mm-hmm. um, because I'm very antisocial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a homebody. I love being home. Yeah. Um, I do get aggravated easily uh, by people who are aggravating. And, yeah. you know, I guess I'm patient, you know. You are and extremely I can, patient, so I don't sell yourself it. short. No, I can hide it, but internally I'm just like, grr. You look, Neil Page, when he doesn't like it, you know he doesn't well, like I it. Well, I mean, but we don't know if he's like that all the time. Because at the beginning, he kind of starts out in this unbelievable situation, which actually literally happened to me at work <laughs> this week. Um, you know, it's right before he's going on the holiday. He's ready to leave and go home. And he's stuck in this work meeting where this person just can't make a decision. Mm -hmm. And he's just sitting and sitting and sitting and sitting and sitting and waiting for this guy to make a decision. And it's, it's just untenable. Yeah. I mean, you just want to scream. You want to just jump out a window. And he's trying to make a plane and all this. 
and he just has to sit here. And, I, you know, I think that that could kind of crack anybody's mind a little bit. Well, and he's also, he's very focused on, Neil's very focused on his family. His family time is what is the most important thing to him. Yeah. And, you know, as you get older, you, you see that with people. It, it's harder to make friends a lot of the time. You know, people have their family and they have their set group. And people don't really want to venture outside of that because time is tight. Yeah. Between work, your family, and the friends that you have, there isn't much more that you can, you know, you feel that you can do sometimes. Yeah, that does happen. And in this, so he has three kids and a wife, and he travels a lot for work. Yeah. So the fact is, like, he's just ready to get home and spend time with them. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to miss his kids growing up. He's already missing a lot of that. And doesn't he miss, um, oh, like a pageant? Her pageant. You know, yes. His daughter is in a pageant, and yep. he does end up missing it. And it's, you know, that's even something Dell says. Oh, these are the times you want to see, you know. And you don't get the time back. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> He's just trying to be honest, but he makes it so much worse. He really sticks his foot in it pretty bad there. Yeah, because it's just Steve Martin is there, and he's just like, oh, I feel so bad. I missed this pageant. <laughs> and Del, like, Del's just like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's the times you don't get back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, he's trying. That's the thing that kills you with Dell is, you know, he can be annoying. He can be upsetting, but he's just trying to be completely honest. Yeah. And he's trying to be there for you. And he's trying to be a good guy. He yeah. just, he thinks, you know, he's trying to be a good guy. And as we find out, you know, his life is not the simple thing. No. Um, he's alone. Which is sad it because is so he's so sad. sensitive. Yeah. He's an extremely sensitive soul. And this is not the kind of person that wants to be alone at all, ever. No, he's so and he's so lonely and it's just really tough. That's that's the part of this film where you just go, Oh my gosh. You know, when we finally find out that his wife that he talks about lovingly throughout the film, you know, passed away years ago and, you know, he hasn't been home for years. And it seems that he just seems, you know, stays out on the road all the time. Living out of that huge trunk. Yeah. It's very, Oof. it's it's very sad. And that's the, up, but the, but the movie does it in this uplifting way. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, Neil figures this, figures this out. Mm -hmm. And goes back and gets Dell and brings him home for Thanksgiving. Well, that's, you know, actually my favorite part of the entire movie is the very ending. When, you know, they're at the train, maybe it's the L? Are they, are they in? Yeah, they're okay. in Chicago. Okay, so they're, they're at the L at that point, and Dell and Neil say goodbye to each other. And Neil gets on the, the train, the L, and he's just thinking back on their adventure. And he's laughing. And he's also thinking about memories of, you know, I guess what he thinks Thanksgiving is going to be like or what's presently happening at home for Thanksgiving. So all this is mixed together. He's got the memories of this new friend and he realizes that this is his friend. He it's it that comes through in this. Yeah. And he also has this moment where the ice finally fully melts and he realizes, "Oh my god. You know, we have Dell. He's this wonderful man. He's a very caring man. He definitely, you know, again, putting it lightly, has some foibles. But, you know, he's a, he's a good guy, and, and he really cares. And, and this kind of loving bear man, right, doesn't, doesn't have anybody right now. Yeah. And he, he thinks back. And it's, it, it brought me back to all the times in my life when you've had an amazing adventure, 
with with friends that you've known or, or people you just met and that moment after all the madness where you're by yourself and you can collect your thoughts and you think back and you fully process what has just happened i mean that's whew, that's amazing it is i mean we've talked about this before but you have these times in your life mm -hmm. where you have you're thrown in with someone yeah. in an intense way for a very short period of time yep and you just go from not knowing this person to just feeling like you're like super best friends yeah yeah for a minute mm -hmm. uh, and it's funny i had that and we talked about this before i've had that with uh somebody in grad school i yeah, was I in, story. i was in graduate school and I was going to a conference in Pennsylvania to present a workshop, mm -hmm. and one of the undergrads in my program had gotten a paper accepted, because it's an undergraduate conference, and uh, our professor was not going to go to the thing, so she says, well, can you, you take him? So me and this guy, Joel, ended up riding across New England and Pennsylvania together and go into this conference, and I barely knew this person. Yeah. And then at the end of this trip, I felt like I knew him better than anyone else I'd ever known. Right. <laughs> and then we kind of just didn't really talk that much after that. It was just so strange. Well, it's like you hit this high, you hit this level of intimacy that, like, I, I don't even know if you could match it if you stayed in a long-term relationship. No, I don't. I just don't think you could because um, it doesn't have any of that energy to it. It oh. doesn't have that long-term energy. So you just are really talking and you feel, like, pretty free yeah. to say whatever you need to say. And you also kind of have to talk a lot about yourself so that you can get to know each other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in this case, in Planes, Trains... They're going through some really difficult situations. Oh, yeah. So it's not just that they're thrown together generally in a short period of time, but they're thrown together and have to see each other at their worst, you know? So it, it's a very weird situation. It's a situation that really creates a different kind of camaraderie, you know? Okay. Like a deeper relationship um, that I just don't think you would get otherwise. Well, in this movie... You have them go through, you know, all the different stages that you would go through in a friendship or even really, you know, just like a couple's relationship. I mean, they're roommates, right? They, they, they stay in the same room on, you know, what, two separate occasions. Yes. One time they even have to share the bed together, right? Yeah. They definitely have their arguments where they air their grievances. <laughs> yeah. I sound like, what's his name there from Seinfeld? <laughs> the airing of grievances. Well, uh, that's, George. For, yeah. that's for Christmas, right? Right. <laughs> or whatever that what was, Oh, my God, I'm so off track now. What was, what was, what, Festivus? Festivus. Festivus, the airing of grievances. All right. <laughs> but, you know, so they, they talk to each other very honestly about the things that they really detest about each other. Yeah. And I, I mean, you know, you have uh, Dell, you know, the John Candy character, be so opened after he's just been emotionally just terrorized yeah. by Neil. Oh, gosh. That scene is really difficult because it's, at oof. first, and this is why they handled it so well in this movie, at first, you kind of are with Neil. Like, yeah. you can see why he's lost it on this guy because Dell is messy, he's sloppy. He uses all the towels. <laughs> He's kind of like inconsiderate in like these very small ways. 
but it's like a child. He's like yeah. a kid. And it's I feel like the things that he does are selfish are just because he's not thinking about it. Yeah. Like he leaves the beer on the vibrating bed. I could see myself doing that and just being like, oh, da, da, I could da, see da, you da. doing a lot of these things because you are <laughs> like no offense, but you are like a big kid sometimes too. Fair enough. And fair enough. You know, it's not necessarily you're it's not intentional inconsiderateness. Yes. But it is inconsiderate. Yeah. And you're just not putting the other person first in your mind and or even acknowledging that there's another person there. Mm. And I mean, Dell is by himself all the time. Well, yeah, he so doesn't that's another know. excuse. But Neil doesn't know this. Well, and he also I mean, Dell seemed to have a very close relationship with his wife and it, it was never talked about that they had children or anything. And the relationship that you have, like our relationship, I mean, I have a complete goofball with some of my habits you know and if you're used to that right if that's the only person that you've ever stayed in a room with or really had this serious one-on-one -on -one time with maybe your relationship you know adopts you know the the same characteristics of the one that you had with your wife yeah i you mean know? and that's you know I, I think especially as we move on mm -hmm. we can understand why Dell acts the way he is yeah but in the first scene where neil just kind of eviscerates him oh. i think at the beginning of that kind of evil speech that he gives. <laughs> Good way to put it. We can understand and we can relate to Neil, but then he goes too far. Well, he's like Skeletor, you know what I mean? He's just like <laughs> very evil. And he's not evil. <laughs> no, I know he isn't. But no, I mean, for me, it's just like, I, I know what you mean. I, I've, you know, sometimes I have a short fuse. I've gotten frustrated with people and you just want to be like, you know, hey, can you wake up? Can you take a look at what you're doing? Because you're really, you know, yeah. just making this crazy. But and in the film, they also show that, you know, Dell does so many things. It's not just like he does one thing. Yeah. It's just thing on thing on thing on thing. And it's almost like you feel like if, if we didn't have Neil blow up, I mean, who knows what would have happened? Yeah. You know, so it's, it, I, I get it, but it just, it hurts because even though, you know, Neil is frustrated with Dell, I mean, it, it does, it just goes too far beyond and, and they, it really, it just rips up Dell and you see that yeah. and, and you're just like, oh gosh. Well, and that's how they pull you back onto Dell's side. Yeah. I think that they do a pretty good job in this of making their balance between who you're sympathizing with, mm -hmm. which is honestly why I think it's hard to pick favorite character in this. Yeah. Um, because there kind of isn't one. I feel like both of them are two sides of the same coin. Yeah. That, that's what I feel like. I and... agree. I think you kind of you kind of go back and forth because, yes, Neil can be mean, mm -hmm. um, but you can really relate to him as well. Because you've been through these times when you've been super frustrated and oh, yeah. this person just isn't helping you, even though they're well-intentioned. But then we've also felt like Dell, you know, yeah. where you're just trying to do your best and it's not good enough for this no. person. You feel constantly judged. You know, and, you know, it's just the difference between somebody who kind of has a bit of an anger problem, mm -hmm. which, I mean, we both have flirted with anger problems before. Oh, for sure. Um, and somebody who... Um, is just unintentionally inconsiderate, which is like Dell. Well, and you also, again, you, you take a look at Neil. Neil just wants to get home with his family. That That's the only thing that he has that, that's driving him. Yeah. And he just feels that, you know, Dell has just been an obstacle in his path since the beginning. And and that, that it's set up in the movie that way. What is the first encounter between Neil and Dell? Neil is trying to catch a cab. And he trips over Dell's tr uh, trunk, 
Yeah. So he can't get the cab. You know, and like, so we have the very first time we see this character, Dell's trunk trips Neil, right? And Dell takes Neil's cab. Yeah. So, and again, it was unintentional on Dell's part. He didn't mean to do it. But still, all of this just, you know, just keeps mounting yeah. inside it, of Neil. Every single thing that bad that can happen happens. And it just feels like Dell is always just right there making it just slightly worse. Yeah. So... It's hard because, and, and then we also do, and we do have to say this, you know, Neil, he does try to come back around, you yeah. know, after that, the scene that we talked about where he just melts Dell, you know, in the hotel room, he then kind of, you know, settles back down and gets in the bed with them and they, they move on, you know, yeah. and it's, it's there and, and their relationship, I feel really turns into brothers is really what we've got is that you've got, I mean, maybe even stepbrothers, you know, because it's just like they've come from different places and these folks are stuck together. Yeah. And, you know, they'll fight with each other, cats and dogs, then they'll be cool with each other. But the thing that happens time and time again in this movie is I feel that they'll look out for each other. Yeah, and I think that that's an amazing point. I really never considered that they almost form like a familial bond but i think you're 100 percent correct well and that ties in with the very end because what happens you know neil brings dell home you know and it's you know we have this great thanksgiving scene and dell doesn't have anywhere to go you know and so it's like he he brings him into the family it's just a wonderful wonderful film you know it, it feels so great it makes you feel like you know, you can still find a family, even if for, for whatever reason you've lost yours, uh, maybe, you know, somehow you, you never had one. Yeah. And, and the final shot of the film, you know, is on John Candy and, you know, and you just feel so happy. You feel great. Because he's being accepted into yeah. a, a family. Yep. And that again. that's it. I mean, it's you can't find something more heartwarming than that particularly for the holidays. Also, it's a freeze frame. Yes. <laughs> right? And we all know how much I appreciate a freeze frame. Well, the last thing I'll say, too, is that what makes this so strong with all of these points, even in the really harsh moments, again, we go back to the scene in the hotel where Neil yells at Dell. The things that Neil is saying to yell at Dell are funny. Yeah. So you'll be laughing, <laughs> and then you'll be like, oh, wait, oh, my God, no. You know, and then you'll you'll back up. This happens when we're in a fight, though, in real life. <laughs> yeah, we've had some good ones. I am a very hilarious man person, <laughs> and a very verbal. Yeah. So I, I usually crack off some really hot ones <laughs> while we're talking when I'm angry, and John ends up laughing at me, which only makes me madder. So that's good. <laughs> we've both had some beauties over the years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we actually have like a list of amazing phrases that have come out of arguments so <laughs> we keep ourselves amused we do we do <laughs> well i mean so we can't really say favorite character because it's like neil dell neil dell yeah. i don't know it changes every two minutes um but there are so many great minor characters sure in this are. movie could you pick a favorite one of those edie mcclurg <laughs> edie mcclurg all the way well you know? i i fully agree that edie mcclurg's scene kills it and she's so funny um and her voice is funny she looks the part and that uh, that whole scene where she is the car rental counter lady 
Um, she's just trying to do her job. Yeah. But at the same time, she's on the phone taking a personal call, mm-hmm. and Neil has had it. He's you know. lost his mind. He's walked so far in the snow from the airport parking lot for rental cars. He couldn't get a shuttle back. He's lost everything, just about, and he's at the end of his rope. Yeah. And there's this scene where he just curses to the level that is just unbelievable. He says the F word 18 times. I think that is the sole reason this is an R-rated movie. It is, Because of that scene. Easily could have probably just been PG. I I think PG-13. I think we would have gone PG-13. I could be wrong, but I feel feel PG-13. And, you know, something else, and I have no proof of this, and again, my mind's warped, so who knows. But I really thought that this movie was rated PG-13. Um, if it wasn't beginning. for that, if it wasn't for the scene, it might could have been. But yeah. 18 F-words in a minute kind of took that out. But I just don't know how I saw it at that age if it was rated R. So well, that's you the said reason. it was on home video, though. That's true. That's true. You know, somebody just kind of snuck it in the door like, hey, it's... John Candy and Steve Martin. You know, yeah, we're, well, we're in good your shape. family loved the comedy guys. And, yeah. Um, so maybe that's how. Um, yeah. Or maybe your dad or mom heard that that was the only reason. Yeah. Well, it, 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 was, it was just, oh, it, I love it. But yeah, Edie McClurg is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I would also say Dylan Baker. <laughs> yeah. As the guy who's giving them a ride in a pickup truck. Mm-hmm. Um, with the crazy rabid dog in the back. <laughs> He's the son of the man who runs the Braidwood Inn. Is that yeah, correct? That's yeah. right. Yeah. And he has the girl, he has his wife with him and is talking about how tough and strong she is. That she had a baby sideways and she was fine. <laughs> it's just really funny. He's hilarious. Yeah. And he has that weird kind of, I don't want to do it because it'll be a super nasty sound yeah. here. But he has that like snorting thing. And yeah. Like, I, I don't, I have terrible so sinuses, gross. as you know, and I don't, maybe I do that. I would never do that just when Not I'm talking like when to somebody. Not when you're just talking to somebody. No, but that's what it feels like. It's just like, it, it just stops. I'm like, he's got a snort and kind of hawk. It's, <laughs> well, oof. and they think they're getting a ride from this guy, and they're like, oh, it's great. We got a ride from the, from, from the son, you yeah. know, with the owner. And then this guy comes up in this hideous looking truck and they're like, that's not him as a, it's like, I hope not. And then of course it is. Cause of course yeah. it is. Yeah. I mean, everything that could go wrong for these two guys goes wrong. You know, they have the scene where they're sitting at the diner where at one point, you know, we have Neil finally say to Dell, I just want us to split up because I have to say that since we've been together, it's been just really, really awful. And we've gotten absolutely nowhere. And he wants to, to break it off with him. And again, another scene where you feel terrible for the John Candy character. Yeah. And because he just feels like it's his new best friend. Who doesn't like him anymore? Yeah. And who hasn't had that at some point in their lives where you you had your friend, your, even possibly your best friend, just say, look, I'm not really into it. Yeah. Oh. It's a real, it's a bummer. Yeah. But they, again, they come back around. They always keep coming back around. It's like they can't escape each other. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's like the, the fate is kind of pushing them together. Yes. Against Neil's will. Yeah. Um, but he finally, when he finally gives in, and even beyond gives in, accepts Dell, you know, and accepts that he not only is going to be in his life, but he actually wants Dell to be in his life, mm-hmm. that that's when things turn around for him and everything works out. Well, and that and and that's what 
what Neil needed is to change as as a person. His heart. Yeah. yeah, he needed to open it up again. And again, when he has the scene with Edie McClurg at the car rental agency where he's just off the chain, you know, he's shut down. You know, which, again, he should be. I understand you're frustrated, but you can't talk to people like that. No. Then he goes outside. <laughs> and he talks to, uh, I believe, a baggage handler. No, it's a ta- isn't it a taxi driver? Is It's somebody that, that's standing out in a little booth. I don't. Maybe they, they direct traffic. I'm not sure. It's someone else who works at the airport. And um, I, I think he asked him to get him a cab. It's Maybe? a taxi stand. Okay, all yeah, right. Yeah, he's asking the guy for a cab, and then he just says horrible things to that guy, too. <laughs> the worst. And they just end up having a physical altercation mm-hmm. over it because this guy is not having it. Yeah. You know, he was in there bullying the lady at the counter. Yep. And she gave him lip back. But when he goes out and talks to this guy and is totally bullying this guy, mm-hmm. this guy's not taking it. No, it gets physical. He yeah. really takes them down i mean that's i mean neil is just somebody that really needs like to like get everything back in focus i mean he's got you know some serious anger issues major you know and i mean he like has these violent outbursts yeah like physically violent in in some circumstances he punches Dell at one point, yep. and uh, there was clearly a cut-out scene where he punched him in the face. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to see that. We didn't see it, because no. I'm sure they cut that because it was just too far. If he punched him in the face, I would be like, no. But he, John Candy has a black eye Yeah, and one it, scene. We caught that this time, and I, I was like, oh, I wonder how that happened. Yeah. Um, but it's, again, it's, it's a change. It's really a change for Neil. And again, the the win for Dell is he finds a family again. Yeah, and that's why it's so heartwarming and great as a Thanksgiving movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and really as just a comfort film in general. Yeah. Because it has this, you know, wonderful ending that everything turns out okay. And you're never going to be alone. That's the message of the film. Yeah. There's always a place for you. So what is your favorite scene in the movie? Favorite scene in the movie is when they get pulled over... When the car is just destroyed, um, and then Michael McKeon playing a state trooper pulls him over and uh, just asks them if they think the car is fit for travel. <laughs> you know, it leads into to my favorite like line, you know, which is you know uh, Michael McKeon asks, "Do you have any working gauges?" And he's like, "No, not a one." But uh, the radio is as clear as a bell, huh? Can't tell you why, or don't ask me why. You know, it's. That's my favorite part. I I like the part before that, too. The night before the scene with the state trooper is when the car actually burns and they're outside looking at it and then they <laughs> drive it up to the motel and mm-hmm. it's still smoking. Yeah. And they just have had it, both of them at this point. Dale and Neil both have just lost it 100%. pretty much. Yeah. And they go in and the guy, you know, the hotel clerk's like, you have a credit card? And... <laughs> Neil just kind of throws these pieces of charcoal on the <laughs> counter and uh, it's just those are his credit cards yeah. that he has left but it's just funny because there's the seats are still smoking it's not even seats anymore it's just burned down to this metal springs mm-hmm. and later on they're in the hotel room and they're kind of laughing because they just had it Yeah. and Dell says something about he probably has griddle marks on his ass <laughs> <laughs> like from the from the metal seats that they were sitting on. He said he felt like a big whopper. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. 
great. But yeah, the next day, Michael McKeon, another great actor and great minor character in this. Sure. All the way. I like him in everything. I've liked him since I saw him in Laverne and Shirley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. He's so good. Yeah, Uh, he's so versatile. I mean, you can see him, you know, be funny, funny, funny. You can see him be serious. I adored him in Better Call Saul. Perfect character in Better Call Saul. And it was actually disturbing. He was so different. Oh, yeah. But yeah, he's great, and he's he's kind of underused here. I'm, I'm sure they cut some, because I don't know if you read this, but uh, the original cut of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles was three hours and 40 minutes long. I wonder what happened. I mean, wow. What, like, what happened in the movie during that time? There's just so wow. much. I guess they must have just run into other situations, but it's nuts. Yeah. Um, and then they cut it down to two hours, mm-hmm. and then they ended up cutting it down another half hour to end with an hour and a half. Wow. But basically, there's there was like two more hours of footage. That's almost like another movie. movie. Yeah, it, it is. Wow. It is. It's more than they cut more than they used. Wow. So that's wow. pretty nuts. Yeah. So I mean, what we got, I would imagine, is the best of the best of the best of the best. Which makes sense because this movie is kind of the best of the best. Yeah. But John Hughes wrote it, and his writing style was just to like whip out a movie in just a few days he wrote this in three days amazing amazing which is really not even believable when you watch it i just see like a lot of coffee and just like a lot of focus you know <laughs> yeah it's like, i mean we're doing i this. wish i had that i'm very jealous i do too and I he, wish does I go, had that. he did go through a lot of revisions mm-hmm. which i mean i don't know this is kind of your style but like on cocaine or something <laughs> Because you'll write something really fast and finish yeah. it, like fast being a month, not three days. No, no three days for um, And kid. then revise that a whole bunch of times, whereas I will just, you know, gestate my work for, you know, an elephant's length of pregnancy <laughs> and then finally give birth to the whole thing in one and never touch it again. But it's a beautiful child that you birthed. <laughs> Everyone loves it. They're like, look how pretty it is. Oh, You're well. very good. Well, it takes a lot to make that happen, so sometimes I kind of wish I could do it and then work on it, but uh, it's just a different way brains work. Yeah, it's just a different process. But yeah, this the scene, back to what you were saying, which we I kind of took us off track there, the part where they're in the car and Michael McKeon's like, do you know how fast you're going? And they're like, well, no, uh, our speedometer's melted. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually led into a song that we both really enjoy. Yeah which is the song Dashboard by Modest Mouse. Mm-hmm. And if you're not familiar with it, go give it a listen. Um, it basically distills the message, part of the message of Planes, Trains into yeah. a song, which is that, you know, things can all be going really, really bad, but if you can look on the bright side, it can help you um, to cope with life better. Because there's a couple of really good lines in there that are kind of straight from this. Like, the dashboard melted, but we still got the radio. Yes. And there's another part that says, the windshield's broken, but I love the fresh air, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I think that that's another message of this movie, is that you can find enjoyment and goodness even in times where you feel like everything is bad. Yeah. Um, And, you know... You can find a family, like we said. Yeah. Great, great movie. Especially wonderful for the holidays. So did you actually have any different reactions to the movie this time? No. No? I don't know. 
I, I don't have anything to say. That's it. I love I, it. Well, you've seen this movie a lot of times. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've played this movie so much that people just don't want to watch it anymore for Thanksgiving. I've had friends <laughs> that are like, no, no, oh, no, we're not doing planes, trains. I'm not one of those people. No, thank God. And that's why we're married, you know. <laughs> and also, I mean, I've done the scene before, you know, in an acting class, which was very fun. I got to play Dell. Oh, that's great. Yep. We did the hotel scene, which was really fun. We brought in an inflatable mattress, you know, <laughs> so we could, uh, you know, lay down. And it was hilarious because when myself and the other actor laid down on the inflatable mattress, it actually just popped. It just deflated. <laughs> <laughs> so That's it, amazing. Oh, yeah. It was great. It was great. Anything to do with this movie I love. And again, John Candy is my idol. I adore him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, getting to do any work uh, like he did is fantastic yeah this would be a dream role type of thing for you to be able to play 100 percent. and the steve martin role is also really wonderful as well like i said i just feel like this is the two different sides of my personality and this movie couldn't be more tailor-made for me yeah that's great mm -hmm. i did have a bit of a different thought when i watched it this time not about the movie um, but there were two things. The one thing was, uh, I really loved that at the very beginning, they showed the full moon. Um, because everything is crazier on a full moon. Okay, <laughs> And yeah. it's kind of just like the setup that everything is going to be. I don't know why this is. There's probably, it's probably pseudoscience and there's no real uh, meaning behind that. But I know people who work in hospitals and emergency services and everything do say that it just seems crazier around the full moon. And you and me, just even driving around in L.A., it yeah. feels like all the nuts come out when the full moon is out. So it's kind of like that's a setup for this movie that, you know, here comes the full moon. It's going to disrupt this whole scenario. Yeah, waiting the... for the werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing they didn't have. Right? Well, you never know. That three hour... Maybe they cut it. Right, yeah. that three-hour, 40-minute cut, that's... throwing a little werewolves of London. Why you know, not? And, uh, Why not? What a great song. Um. And then the other thing I thought about here was how different this movie would be if it was made in the era of cell phones. Oh, sure. Because I remember when we didn't have cell phones and things would go wrong. You're like trying to find a pay phone or trying yeah. to get in touch with people and see what's going on. And it was a lot harder, but somehow it also seemed less stressful it depends on the situation. There there are times when, you know, I remember one time when I was a kid and I was on the highway in Massachusetts and it was winter time and uh, I was on an on-ramp and the car hit black ice and we Ooh. skidded. Yeah. And we went off into the shoulder and the car was stuck in the snow. I couldn't get the car out of the, the snow. The, the tires were stuck. And so very scary situation. Very thankful at that point that um, some people, some parents of someone I went to grade school with actually happened by and they had a car phone, which was very unique at the time. Yeah. And so they were able to call somebody to help us out. Um, otherwise, oh man, that that's, you know, being on the side of the road like that. In the, in the snow, yeah, and the temperature dropping. Yeah. That is scary. I mean, I had the opposite thing happen to me. My car broke down 
in Mississippi in August mm-hmm. in the middle of the Delta and no shade, no trees anywhere. Yeah. And I had to walk two miles to a service station and I had a heat stroke. Oh my God. Um, so it was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I just didn't really worry about things in the same way that I worry about things now. So it's yeah. really strange. But yeah, I think this movie couldn't have existed if Neil could have just punched up, you know, some info on his apps. Yeah. On his smartphone. He could have found somebody, you know, that he could have found online for some ludicrous amount of money to, you know, to get Uber him, him home. To yeah, Uber him home, you know, yeah. helicopter, who knows, hovercraft, so, whatever, you know. We have a lot of options available to us now. Yeah, so I was just thinking about that. I was thinking about that this movie really can't exist in the modern day, which in a way is good because maybe they'll never try to remake it. Yeah, I mean, you, you never know. There's always different ways that... People can try to, to remake these movies. Um, well, let me not give anybody any ideas. Because <laughs> this is one of those perfect movies that you really don't want anybody messing with. Even if they did remake it, I have to be honest with you, nothing could ever, ever taint this film for me. Nothing yeah. could. I, I just, it has too much heart. This film just has the biggest, biggest heart you've ever seen. It does. And it's it's just funny all around. There's so many quotable lines. There's so many funny things that happen from just people talking. It's not a jokey movie. No. It's just a, the funny quotable lines come from these people just being exasperated or having deep emotions. Yeah. And it's really cool in that way. Yeah, the situational comedy is the hero here. Well, another last thing that I thought about was that there's this fiction trope especially in like fan fictions mm-hmm. where it's like and there was only one bed <laughs> and that kind of happens in this movie in mm-hmm. that first night when they get a hotel room uh, and there's only one bed and usually of course this causes the two main characters to fall in love with each other and you know whatever right but of course in this not so much <laughs> <laughs> especially when one is sleeping uh, in a puddle of beer yes <laughs> It kind of turns that trope on its head, which I thought was very funny. Yeah. Apropos of nothing, but I just wanted to mention it. That's funny. That's a good point. Did you have any final thoughts to share? I hope everyone has seen this movie. And if you haven't, I really hope you go out and take a look. And if you have seen it, please just watch it again. It's the 34th anniversary. It is an absolute classic. We will be watching this forever and ever. This is go out to outer space. <laughs> Aliens are going to love it. They're going to start doing Thanksgiving. That's you know, right. They'll dress up as Steve Martin and John Candy and Edie McClurg, and it'll be great. So what food, to conclude, would you choose to describe planes, trains, and automobiles? Airplane food. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I think of, airplane food. That's funny. Yeah, it's not something that you really have anymore, at least not in my experience on a plane. But, you know, you used to just get this meal that just always kind of came. and Like a TV dinner. Yeah, and it, it was never it was never a good TV dinner. It was just kind of like, eh, all right, I'm doing it. And then I, I remember towards the end of, of the times that I would see it, I would just, I'd just pass. I'd go for the pretzels, you know, get myself a soda. You know, I'd get a lot of soda well, refills. Well, that's what they do now. They have the snack boxes that you can buy. I Well, then I made the change there in the airlines. They were like, <laughs> look at this guy. He, he knows just, what's up. Right? So that's it. We're trendsetters. Well, I would go another direction because I think your pick is more about what happens in the movie. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but my pick is really more about what this movie is to me. Okay. Um, and in that re- in that way, I would pick a pecan pie. It's my favorite Thanksgiving food. This is my favorite Thanksgiving movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems kind of simple, but it actually has a lot of flavor. Because yeah. you have the nuts, and it's kind of salty, but it's also sweet. And uh, it also is usually made of cheaper ingredients, but the way that I like to make it... Instead of using corn syrup, I use maple syrup. Yeah, yours is so good. So it's actually a lot more pricey, unfortunately. <laughs> but it it's also... It's so tasty, though. It tastes really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's full of nuts. This movie's full of nuts. Ah, look at you. Smart, smart. Just coming up with a lot of jokes here. Yeah. And what about, is it a la mode? Let's ask that question. Not for me. I really... Ooh. I usually like my pie without ice cream. I'm an a la mode man. You're an ice cream guy. We always have to get the vanilla ice cream for you. I love it. But for me, just the good slice of pie made with maple syrup, full of nuts, the crust is flaky. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's what I would go with. Would there be a cup of coffee with it? Yes, I would have a cup of coffee. All right. All and right. I don't even drink coffee that much, but coffee and pie is... <sighs> the perfect combo yeah that is the best marriage there is would you choose a different food to describe the movie itself and how your relationship is with the movie i think if i had to choose then you know if i think about this movie i would think about uh twix because there are two of them uh they're both delicious (laughs) equally equally delicious and they're really both the same but you know, I think if we really took a look in there, there might be a little more caramel in one, right, than the other. A little more chocolate, you know, in the other. A little more, you know, cookie in there. Um, but, yeah, that that's what I would say. But because... at heart, they're the same. They're made of the same stuff. Correct. And they're always bound together, just like Dell and Neil. So it it's the perfect to-go food, you know. You could see yourself eating this in the car. You could see yourself eating this at the movies, right? In a plane, in a train, in an automobile. You got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's portable in that way. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. Well, I put you on the spot, and that was a good answer. Thank you. Thank you. I really was hoping I'd pull something out of that bag. I <laughs> didn't know if there was anything in there. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. We hope you're all having a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, whatever you choose to do, whether it's traditional or wild and crazy. Um, either way, we hope that you experience a lot of great times and memorable times yeah. this year for Thanksgiving. We will be back next week to kick off our Christmas series Woo-hoo! Uh, with a movie that some people think is not a Christmas movie. Right. There's a great debate. Sure is. Die Hard. I pretty much think this is a Christmas movie, so there's not going to be much debate there. I think it is, too. It happens at Christmas. That's a Christmas movie. Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> yippee Kai, ho, ho, ho. Right? That's that's the line. yippee Kai, yo, ho, ho. <laughs> yo, we, ho, ho. <laughs> no, there's pirate, a pirate theme. A pirate yeah. movie. Yeah, it's a new one. Pirate Hard. <laughs> But, yeah, so we'll be back to talk Die Hard uh, and then follow each week with another Christmas movie. So it's going to be really fun. We both love Christmas. Sure do. And we're looking forward to talking about these films. Um, And Die Hard is a favorite. So we will see you next Friday uh, with Die Hard. We'll see you then. Gobble, gobble, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening. We love you and stay comfy. Stay comfy.